Hey everybody, good morning. It's your boy Toth. It's October 18th, 2019, and it's time for another edition of Unpopular. What you just heard was the Triple X team. It was a faction back in the old uh, NWA TNA days. I believe it was Christopher Daniels, Loki, or as he was called, Caval. Wait, no, Caval was uh, was his WWE name. I think he went by Century. Century? Sinchi, something like it's low. Who cares? It was Daniels, Loki, and Elix Skipper. Uh, they had a faction called Triple X. It was a, it was just one of the many uh, factions that didn't last that long, but for the brief time it did, it was fun. Uh, sometimes when I'm bored, I just like to listen to obscure wrestling themes, just from different promotions, WWE, TNA. Like I'm, I'm totally into that. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that. We'll go on YouTube and like, and I'll click one video, and then I'll just see another related video, and I'll just I'll listen to a bunch of videos. Anyway, so yeah, today's October eighteenth, twenty nineteen. Another episode of Unpopular. We'll have JCD and KME calling in shortly. Hopefully, not feeling too good today. Kind of a little bit under the weather. <clears throat> I'm doing fine. It's just the, the seasons are changing. It's actually getting kind of cold. We got like a mini tropical storm in the Gulf Coast that's headed towards. I want to say the northwestern portion of Florida is going to uh, basically hit Georgia directly. Nothing life-threatening or anything, but it's going to bring a lot of rain and stuff. But uh, it's near us, and so it's, it's causing kind of like a cold front, <clears throat> and uh, people are getting, like, uh, sick. And I was out yesterday for most of the day, and I was around a lot of sick people. So I got home and tried to take some Theraflu, but um, obviously it wasn't enough because, you know, a little bit under the weather. Hopefully, I can knock it out pretty quickly. My immune system is pretty good. I'm going to try to power through. Got a glass of water with me. And, uh, yeah, I, I, w- I don't want today's episode to be too long because there's really not much topics to talk about. I mean, there's a few positive things to, to discuss, like, you know, NWA Power. But really getting into that show, they had their second episode this week. Um, I've recently started watching MLW, but I'm not familiar enough with it to talk about it openly, but it is a show that I've been watching a little bit more. I, I believe sometimes their YouTube account will upload new episodes on Monday, and one of these days I'm going to get around to watching Impact more. They have highlight clips on their YouTube account. I, will, I would prefer if they would just upload a full episode on YouTube, but you still got to go to Twitch for that. And I'm not really like a super Twitch person or anything like that. So, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm not really into like the whole man-on-woman violence thing. They're, they've been doing that with Tessa for a while. They're also doing it with Melissa Santos. I think uh, Cage is feuding with Sammy Callahan and his group. And they did this angle where I believe Sammy gave Melissa a pile driver, which doesn't surprise me because if anybody watched Bucha on the ground, you guys should remember, you know, mostly used to take bumps all the time and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not against stuff like that. It's just the whole, like, man-on-woman violence, like when you're overusing it over and over and over, it gets kind of old after a while. I'm not against the occasional spot, but but anyway. Oh, I see John called, so let me go ahead and uh, bring him in. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I see you guys have, like, kind of a mini nor'easter up there. What's going on? How's the weather up there? Dude, not even the dude, not even the wind. I mean, not even the rain. The freaking wind yesterday. Oh, my God. I, I've lost parts of my yard that I have no clue where they are. Um, they're probably in Brooklyn or Jersey. 
Jay, yeah, I got Jay a friend. A of, Jay might have a piece of my gazebo. Yeah, I got a friend named uh, John who I talked to, and he's part of the PWP uh, page. I mean, he doesn't really comment on yeah, anything, right, but yeah. he's been he's right, right. He's been he's been following you guys for about three, four years, and I was talking to him yesterday. Uh, we were on we were actually on PlayStation just playing a game online, and <laughs> as we were playing a game, I lost him. His connection went out. And sometimes yeah, the Wi-Fi okay. just goes out just to go out, but uh, I guess it went out because it was windy. But he lives not far in the area that you're in. He's like somewhere in in like southwestern New York. So, but he, he said it was like stupidly windy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. We had some we had a bad rain on um, Wednesday. A lot of heavy rain all day, just straight through the day, Wednesday, and then. Mm-hmm. But yesterday was just the wind, like you know, it was it was rough, you know. So, you know, yeah. this is what it is. Yeah. Well, anyway, I didn't really have uh, uh, too many topics for discussion. Uh, the only thing I was really, uh, the only thing that I was really watching recently was uh, I got into NWA Power. I mentioned it last week, and How um, great is that? you know, How great right, is that show? And I know yeah, it's very not, easy to here do. We, here, here we go with the JCD is old stuff. But, dude, that's exactly mm-hmm. what classic NWA, early WCW Saturday night was, man. It was, yeah, it was a sound right. stage. It was a sound stage that basically had bleachers almost, you know, like a high school gymnasium. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't big. You had this ring in the middle. You had this little whatever set. And then you had the interview section right off to the side. And if you had the talk show, like a flare for the gold or, you know, whatever. You know, right. that was also on the other side. It, I I was a little, like, eh at first with it. I'm like, you know, but God damn it, it it's awesome. <laughs> it's got such right, a cool so feel. And, and that, I'm going to be honest with you, I like it, man. I, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying, I'm, for the most part, I'm enjoying everything right now. But I'm really, that's like my little, like, let me sneak away for like an hour. It's like... Yes, right, so right. NWA. So they so they debuted you know? uh, their new show. They debuted their show last week, and of course, anybody can have a really good debut. It's about just uh, you know continuing it. And episode two and this we'll week was also that. very I'm good. Just brought that up. I do, I'm glad you brought that up. It's not about how you come out of the gate with your first show because anybody can hit a home run on the first show. It's what you do. Not even six months from now. It's what you do in weeks. Three, four, five, six that are going to really set the tone. Sometimes those weeks are more important than the first couple of weeks. And from what it seemed coming out of the gate with week two, it it looks like Billy's going to be on. Billy's got a a really good show on his hands here. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And uh, I have a lot of information that I have written down here that I had saved because I wanted to make sure I remembered all this. So the first thing is um, this show is taking advantage of, of really, and this is something that happens to everybody, but you never really thought about it. At some point, you know, you're using YouTube, and when you watch videos on YouTube, a lot of times uh, YouTube has this weird algorithm where um, it will recommend you stuff based off stuff you normally watch. So, for instance, if right. you watch a lot of video game-related stuff, it might it give you a recommendation yeah. to – yeah, to yeah, right, a right. Video, a so, channel, something like that. Yeah. 
Right. So one of the more interesting parts about the NWA show is that a large number of people discovered it actually through AEW. AEW has uh, AEW Dark, which comes on at Tuesday, and there the AEW Dark it live streams, I believe, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, which is which basically like as NWA Power is going off, AEW Dark is coming on. So yeah, a yeah. lot of folks who weren't watching NWA watched AEW Dark, and then when AEW Dark finished and the uh, recommended like NWA Power showed up, people so just people clicked like, all right, let me give it a shot right yeah. into it. Right, right, right. So and the cool thing about it is you got NWA Power, which is one hour, and then you got AEW Dark, which is also one hour. So if yeah. you're a WWE fan that was used to watching two hours of wrestling on Tuesdays. You still have two hours now because now you have NWA Power and then you got Dark. So that was a, a really cool thing about algorithms. And MLW, which I'm not too familiar with, like I, I've been watching, I watched about three episodes of ML, them uh, this week. MLW just made the, the stupidest mistake they can make this week. We'll get into that in a minute. I, I, right. MLW well, I'll, I'll talk about them later. shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> Well, I'm still I'm still learning with them, but they upload new episodes well, on Monday, he, he, and uh, they have like full MLW, episodes. It's not it's not a storyline thing, so it's not like something you need to be watching the show to do. MLW is, I mean, you can make a case they're quietly they're right there with Impact and Ring of Honor, and the only reason why some people might you know roll their eyes at that comment is because oh wait wait hold that thought hold that thought. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize that uh, KME had called in. I'm sorry about that. Hey, hey, KME, how you doing today? All right, what's up, guys? I'm chilling. Hey, dude. Working a couple of Right now we're just talking... uh, Yeah, we were just talking about NWA and MLW. I want uh, John to finish his MLW point, and after that I want to ask you, KME, what you think about NWA power. But uh, continue your point, John. Yeah, so, I mean, you could make a case that quietly MLW... It's the third best promotion in the country right now. You know, Ring of Honor is what it is. We know what Ring of Honor is at this point. Impact, just when Impact gets going, they do Impact things. Like, you hear about talent still not being paid for merchandise. So as good as the Impact shows have been, it's a little hard to get behind them as a company because it's like, this isn't 2010. MLW, realistically, is probably the third best promotion in in the country right now and you know they've been kind of doing this whole okay well you're going to go work impact tonight no problem you're going to go work AEW this weekend okay we don't have a show no problem and it was you know you had the lucha brothers were back and forth mjf i think i think he's still a tag champion there i don't know if he's dropped the belts yet with his partner um They've had some guys. Still, uh, they're still champions. Everything. They haven't dropped them yet. Okay, okay, that's the only thing I wasn't sure of. So the MLW was kind of letting everybody still kind of do their thing, as long as you were, you know, you know, if MLW told you, listen, we need you in two weeks, you know, on Saturday, you need to be here. And MLW schedule is pretty easy. It's you know, with AEW not running on the road and even Impact not running on the road. You could work the impact tapings, let's say, Monday, Tuesday. You could work AEW on Wednesday. And then when MLW needed you on Saturday, you could work MLW on Saturday. 
not a bad gig, not a bad deal. Um, MLW this week pretty much decided that they're going with exclusive contracts. And I think realistically, as good as they are, that's going to kill them. Because I can't see the Lucha Brothers, who I thought were pretty much signed to AEW. That's why they quietly left Impact. I can't see the Lucha Brothers choosing MLW over AEW. And I definitely can't see MJF choosing MLW over AEW. You know, and there's a couple other guys, you know, some of the lesser guys that, you know, I don't know if you're choosing MLW. And I, I say that lighthearted because I know you're not. You're not choosing MLW over AEW right now. So why would you turn around and start to dictate? Okay, so you want to lock up Teddy Hart. You want to lock up Brian Pillman Jr. You know, and some of the other guys, Tom Lawler and all that. That's fine. But you know, if you've kind of gotten away with, you know, you get MJF on your shows because you're letting him do both, don't fuck with that. And it looks like they're going to. And I just, like I said, I can't see anybody choosing MLW over AEW right now unless somebody gets promised something. But I yeah, can't see it being any of those names. I can't see it being... If you promise MJF the MLW World Title, I don't even think that's enough. So what are you do? What are you? What are you doing with this? You're going to lose MJF. You're going to lose the Lucha Brothers. You're going to lose Janela. Okay. Um, you know, what are you? What are you doing? I, I I don't get the 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 plan behind this, especially when there hasn't been any conflict. Okay, what does AEW run? One pay-per-view pretty much every quarter. That's so far what they're averaging. You're going to tell me that MJF working full gear on November 9th is going to have a problem with what you're doing? It's probably not. You know, because last time I checked, MLW doesn't have a show on November 9th. So I, I, don't, I don't get this mentality. I, I, I really don't. I really don't. I think you're going to see a little bit of an exodus from that company, and it's going to be a shame because – they were really right there. I'm not familiar enough of them to leave a comment. I just started watching. Oh, did you have anything to add, Kami? No, I just I, I depends on how they're getting paid and treated. I don't I don't know what they what they want to do. You know, what I'm saying if they're getting compensated, um, and I don't know what Court Bauer. Is is paying those guys? I really don't. Well, I mean, I mean, KME. Yeah, but let's look at it like this. No offense to Court and those guys that run MLW, but let's be honest, they probably don't have the financial backing that that the cons the cons do. That's so if I'm Court, sorry if that, Court but... could offer you, let's say, let's just throw a number out here, fifty thousand dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. Tony's going to offer you seventy five. What do you mm-hmm. wait? What are you doing? Whereas you could have still made your seventy five from Tony and Court could have still given you fifty, but I just don't understand why, you know, and, and these are guys that are gonna that are attractions. It's not like it's low level mid card like I'm not saying this to shit on them. I'm just using them as an example. It's not like it's Michael Nakazawa, okay? And ah, all right, whatever. If he goes, he goes. These are big guys. These are the Lucha brothers. These is MJF. This is Joey Janella. These are big name guys for that for that company. I don't know why they would do this. I can't see any of those guys 
you know, choosing MLW over AEW, and I don't see Court with the ability to out, you know, negotiate, outbid Tony Khan. I just don't see it. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I once I start hearing the the talent complain about MLW, um, and and their tap this their contract situation, I'll start getting worried then. Um, until then, and, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I don't think MLW. I watch MLW, and I'm, I'm a fan of it, but I, I don't think they're a player right now, anyway. So, see, I, yeah. I, I think that third spot is up for grabs between them and NWA, and you know what, M, you know, they have, right. they so have I... a good grip on it. And now you're gonna NWA's coming on strong. People love it, like me and Chris were just talking about. And now you're going to turn around and you're probably going to take out five or six of your most marketable stars. Odds are you're going to fall behind Billy. So, uh, Kamey, have you, have you had a chance to check out NWA Power yet? I know I sent you a clip the other day. No, yeah, I, I watched both episodes. So, yeah, the first episode I um, watched uh, because um, – it popped up on my YouTube videos. Um, like um, right. I think I'm subscribed mm-hmm. to the NW, NWA channel, so I watched it. And yeah, I was uh, thoroughly entertained. Um, the only thing I I ask for any TV show that I watch, whether it's a wrestling show or a non wrestling show, is for it to make sense within the rules of the universe that it's in, right? Um, and I think NWA is kind of the perfect example of a show that makes sense for the kind of show that it is. It it, it, remind, it really does remind you a lot of that old studio wrestling from uh, back in the day. Um, I was a big fan of um, the old school NWA. I watched that as a kid. It came on a uh, UHF channel out here in Los Angeles, but uh, I still I still manage to watch all that stuff with uh, Rick. Dude, Flair. UHF, night night, UHF, yep, yep. And then um, there was a um, and yeah, just the commercials and stuff. It it kind of had this like old school feel, kind of like a um, Anchorman feel. Like I was. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, there was a lot of stuff on that show I was laughing at, and I had to really kind of, like, work out in my mind if, if, if I want to be laughing that much at a wrestling show, and then by the second episode, I start seeing a little bit more, um, that, seriousness coming out, like, it was like, you did laugh at a lot of parts. Just, and you're laughing for the nostalgia feel, but I do think yeah. that once... It's not like you were laughing because, oh, my God, this is so stupid. You were laughing because, oh, my God, that's so 1983. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that as I think as the show progresses <laughs> and people get invested in, uh, in their world, I do think it's going to... Um, I do think it's going to hit. I, but, but I will say this. For that show to have any kind of sustainability, I do think it does need to be on um, a, a network. Um, 
for the for um the the thing with uh with uh what's it called um AEW Dark is that is just an offshoot of right. the TNT show. So that's a different thing. But I do think that you know for that show, I think people will stream it. But we haven't moved to the point yet where everybody is streaming everything. We're, we're still a few years away right. from that. So I, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, yeah. if if six months right. from now they're doing they're doing 80% of the views they're doing now, mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, someone's going to approach Philly about about putting it on TV. It right. might be yeah. a funky time slot. Yeah, just like uh, completely go, unrelated from completely unrelated from wrestling. I've, I've been I'm having conversations with my mom, and I'm telling her that that is the future of tech. Uh, streaming, you know, because just the other day, actually, I was I was talking to my mom about the whole Disney Plus thing, and she didn't really seem to understand it. And I had to say, well, you know how Netflix and Hulu have like their own exclusive movies and stuff, and uh, you know, so I I showed her like the, the little list they showed, you know, the of all the movies and and all the TV shows that are going to be exclusive to Disney Plus and stuff. And she was like, oh, and so she was like, so what channel will it come on? I'm like, no, Mom, like it's going to be on a streaming service. Yeah. And then she was yeah. like, but there's already so many streaming services. And I'm like, well, that's the future. But we're not we're not yeah, there, you know, as Jamie you know said. We're not there yet, but we will be. Yeah, but you know, you know why we're closer to that? And like I was starting to say, two things will happen. If they're doing 80% of the views they're doing, Six months to a year from now, someone will approach Philly about putting it on TV. Right. It might get like a funky time slot, like 1995, 96 ECW did, maybe something like a late night slot, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. which is fine. Or, you know what's going to happen? Because it's starting to happen. I don't know about you guys. I have Verizon Fios as my cable and internet provider. Mm-hmm. I can tune into Netflix on my cable box. I could tune into YouTube right. on my cable box. Right. So, right. I, I have you know, thing. Billy could turn around and just sit there and say, okay, and I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know if they have it or not, but, man, I, I hope Comcast adds YouTube to their cable boxes. You know, and, and Netflix has an actual channel. Netflix is channel 838. And I go in and I log in and I watch whatever. That might be the other thing. Billy might, if he if he if he can play the long game, which it looks like he can, that might help Billy even more so than getting an actual TV deal. You know, because you know what? Now I don't have to. You know, if I'm in my living, I don't have to grab my phone; it's charging. I don't have to grab my iPad. I can just go and okay, there's YouTube. Da da da. NWA. Boom. Well, right now, uh, as you're talking. I got my remote control and um, I have X, I have Xfinity, and to those that have Xfinity, all you got to do is you you press the Xfinity button, and there's there's like all types of options, you know, like I'm going through them. There's music, there's live, there's drama, there's gaming, and then right here for gaming, this is pretty interesting. Like this is just how crazy it's gotten. I click on gaming, and it's showing me stuff like Fortnite, League of Legends, and stuff like that. But it also has uh, Xavier Woods' YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down. And, you know, because, okay. you know, he streams, like, with, with actual yeah, WWE yeah. superstars. So then, like, I'll click on so – so I just clicked on Xavier's Up, Up, Down, Down. It's like AJ and Rusev playing some football game or something. And then after I'm – you know, so I'm watching it right now, like, as I'm talking. And then when I pause it at the very bottom, it has, like, since you clicked on this, 
here's something else you right, might like. You may and like right yeah. here is right, and it's got NWA power like right in front of me. There you go. So. Um, so Billy, one thing Billy's figured out is this whole YouTube algorithm thing, um, because it's kind of ironic too. Because before you guys called in, I was saying that um, I've been hearing good things. For, uh, to me, when I when I when I think it's time to check out something, is like it's one thing for a company to produce a good show. When I hear good things about something, I'd say like for at least three months, that's when I know okay, it's time to give this a second look. I've been hearing positive things about Impact Wrestling, I'd say, for about five months, half a year. I've been hearing, and a yeah. positive praise won't stop. The thing about it, though, is they come on Twitch, which is fine, but not everybody uses Twitch. More people use YouTube than Twitch. Twitch is just a streaming mm-hmm. thing. Everyone streams on Twitch. YouTube has videos and stuff. I go on, their, right. on Impact Wrestling's YouTube channel, and on their YouTube channel they have highlights where it's like five things you missed from the last episode. Like, that's mm-hmm. fine. But sometimes you just want to, like, just watch an episode because highlights well, don't do an episode the- justice. Yeah, but the yeah, but the reason why you're not finding it on YouTube is because they're tied into Twitch, and that's probably a thing. Like, listen, we don't want you putting our show right, on right, right, another yeah. platform. Right, yeah. That, that's that's what it's coming down to, and you know, that's just the I, nature I, I guess, of anything, you know. I, right. The only the only point I was trying to make is, for many years, most wrestling promotions will post highlights and will post interviews, but very rarely are they just going to post a full show because that was always viewed as a bad thing. Like, oh, don't give this yep. away for free. And I think Billy's proving the opposite, that just posting a full thing can actually get your stuff off the ground. You, you know and because of YouTube algorithms and stuff. What's that? No, finish, finish that up, and then I'll tell you what's going to be telling for Billy. Oh, uh, I was just I was just gonna say really it's the YouTube algorithm thing because I I'm talking to a lot of people who found out about this NWA show and they weren't even looking for it because it was in their recommended uh-huh. for for you thing but I think the number one thing that Billy has going for him and uh, some might see this as a as me trying to throw shade I'm not trying to throw shade I'm just being honest uh, NWA TNA back in the day ironically. What made TNA so good back, like, in the mid-2000s, like, uh, I know this is, like, a time that most would rather not remember, around the time, like, Eddie Guerrero died, around the the Benoit tragedy and all that, what made TNA good back then was TNA knew what they were, and they stayed with what they were, and they were, they were, they they focused on what brought them to the dance, and over the years, many other companies that started off as something lost their way. Ring of Honor at some point it lost its way, which is hmm. why it's in a situation now. Um NXT, yeah. depending who you talk to, I mean, no one's denying NXT's success, but the purpose of NXT like okay, right? This this is gonna come off as a as a backhanded compliment, but I, I say this with the most intentions, okay? So this is just me being honest. Baron Corbin as a performer at this point in time, I actually think that and this is me being serious, like all sarcasm aside. Baron Corbin is actually <laughs> come on, go. Baron Corbin at this point in time, right now, he's all right. He's coming into his own. He's got the character down. His matches are improving. He's improved. He's better. So I will give the devil his due. So he's doing. He's okay. I'm not. I'm not saying he's lighting the world on fire. I'm just simply saying. When I see him, I'm like, fine. 
But the problem is, in 2019, he's just now coming to his groove. He should have already had the groove, and he didn't because NXT didn't do his job, which is to develop talents because that's what NXT was, developmental. And at some point in time, they lost their way and they ceased becoming developmental and they became something else. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, the reason I'm bringing this up, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because in order for a brand to be successful, you need to first establish what you are, where we're going, and who we're catering to. And I think that's the one thing that this NWA Power has over every other show right now. This NWA Power is catering to this one hour, 6.05. Like, it's even got the exact time slot. 6.05, so like to older fans like John, like Kami, you're you guys are gonna like look at that with nostalgia yeah. because y'all y'all watch that like it's Saturday, right? You know? Yeah. They got the studio, yeah. no entrance music, no pyro, and, and the cool thing is they're keeping it small. And with yep. the like the with the like the gymnasium thing, they're I not mean, trying to be big. Sta- aren't they filming at center stage? Isn't that yeah. what they're using? Yeah, yeah that, that's that's the old WCW studio. Oh, okay, right, cool. right. So yeah, so the main thing that I think is really going to help NWA, like all respect to AEW, all respect to NXT, all respect to Ring of Honor, all those promotions are great, but they're, but Ring of Honor and NXT in particular, those two brands, they've gone, and TNA back when Hogan and Bischoff came in, they all went through identity crisis, and when you go through an identity crisis, it really alienates fans. You need to figure out what you are and where you're going and NWA Power, they definitely – Billy knows what NWA is. He's not trying to make NWA something it's not. He's not trying to collab with AEW or Ring of Honor. He's literally no. just doing his own thing. He's focusing, as they say – no one uses this quote anymore. Stay in your lane. You know, don't merge. Like, literally just stay in your lane and drive your race, and that's what Billy's doing. And I, and I, I wish think- other promotions would do that. Yeah, you're you're spot on, and I think Billy's going to have the advantage because I think somebody, maybe eventually it's AEW, maybe it's Impact, maybe it's ROH, maybe it's even somebody from Japan. Someone's going to come to Billy within, I'll give it a year, and say, hey, let's do business together. And Billy's going to be able to call his own shot. I don't think, unless this thing does a complete unexpected 180, okay, I don't think Billy's going to have to get in bed with anybody. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he's going to have to. I think Billy, you know, will have his niche. And I think Billy, see, the one thing about this Billy versus TNA Billy is I feel like this Billy gets it a little more. But I can't fault TNA Billy because he also had shitty people around him. Yeah. Well, according to according to what was said, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing on Power, he had for TNA, but he couldn't do it because of delusional Dixie. Oh, it's been such a long time right. since I joked about Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, he had shitty people around him, you know, in 2017 and whatever. And now that he doesn't, you're seeing, like you said, you know, maybe not with the same people, but some of the ideas that he would have had for TNA – and you're seeing it play out. And, you know, I think, like I said, unless this thing does a complete unexpected 180, I think Billy's going to be able to call his shot. 
I don't think Billy's going to have to sit at the phone waiting for Tony Khan to call him and say, hey, let's do something together, or waiting for Joe Koff to call him. You know, hey, what do you say? Let's bring Nick Aldis and, Jay, and you know, rush together for a match. Or we'll wait for Ghetto to call and say, hey, you know, let's do a tour together. I think Billy can just sit back and be like, I'm going to do me, you know. I, I, I will say this in defense of Corbin. Maybe it was – because I, I do think he was called up a little early um, in the sense that I don't think he was ready to go to the main roster, but when Vince McMahon wants a guy on yeah. the main roster, that's the. I don't think it's Triple H's fault necessarily or even no. NXT's fault. I think it's Vince, when Vince McMahon it's wants Vince. a guy, Triple yeah. H is going to have to give that dude Vince up. Vince is getting the guy. Choice, you know, it was like what happened. He was trying to um, damn this from the if the reports are true. Vince McMahon wanted three different guys to call up immediately this year. So it was like Ricochet. Um, what's the guy's name? I'm I'm blanking on it. It was Ricochet. The, uh, God damn. Why am I not thinking of his name? Alistair. Alistair, Alistair, Alistair Black. Black. Yeah, Alistair right. Black and then one other per, uh, AC3. AC3. And Triple H gave him those guys and said they were the best and purposely hid Velveteen Dream if mm-hmm. the reports were true. You know, that's the that's the problem <laughs> with yeah. WWE as a whole is is at the end of the day, you know how you can tell company belongs to Vince. <laughs> you know how you can tell if somebody's a Vince call up or an it's time call up? If you look at what they're doing. It, or uh-huh. what they would do in NXT at the time. Yeah. You know, you get the guys who, after they hold the title, the next progression is they go to the main roster. Okay, that's fine. You want to know how, and, and you're 100% right, Cammy, how Corbin was a Vince call? They were doing a storyline with Corbin. Right. Where he felt Regal was avoiding giving him a world title match. He had beaten some guys. That was why he did the feud with, with Ares. He beat up Ares because he was like, oh, this is your shiny new toy. I'm going to beat the shit out of him because you're not giving me what I, what I deserve. And even though Ares beat him, there was a storyline in place with Regal and Corbin centered around Corbin wanting a title shot. Now, Corbin would have probably lost, but the fact is there was something in place. And all of a sudden, he just got plucked right out from NXT right after – right after that takeover and put in the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal, that storyline never came to fruition. Vince never even let him go back down to NXT. See, to the, the problem, it. John, is that it's not just him. There's a shitload of other people that weren't developed that also got called up because no, no, they weren't no, developed down is, there. No, I, I know, but what I'm saying is part of the development process is the time they spend down there. And – you know, Corbin's not the only guy this has happened to, but Corbin's the guy we're talking about. I'm sure if we go over a list of guys, we could pinpoint how they were yeah, just plugged the from stuff. At, at some point in time, at, at some point in time, NXT, and we talked about this before in the past, really is two answers. Some say late 2014, others say early 2015. Uh, when Kevin Steen showed up, and attacked Sami Zayn, 
that was a big what the fuck moment because Kevin Steen was part of Mount Rushmore with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. So the visual of seeing Kevin Steen on the WWE Network got a lot of people to start watching. And then when Samoa Joe showed up, that was a big what the fuck because Samoa Joe was basically the king of the indies for years. He had spent so many years in TNA that when his TNA contract finally expired, many fans were like, there's no way WWE will have any interest in him. And then when he finally showed up to confront Kevin Owens at this point, it was like, whoa, okay. And then after Joe, it was just this domino effect of literally all the biggest names you saw in TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Right, right. And it just, right, and it just became like this dream roster of indie guys, and that's cool. But during that time, they stopped developing developing people. Right. Yeah. Right. And that was yeah. where NXT I, I that was where NXT lost me, you know. Like to me the biggest the biggest crime ever, like people talk about like what was the biggest misused person in NXT. The 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 biggest misuse to this day that I've seen of NXT was American Alpha, where Jason Jordan was just yeah. going through tag team partner after tag team partner after tag team partner. Then he finally got Gable. They had a great chemistry tag team. Gable was funny and and the whole like short like the thing about it is that like Gable has always been the same size, but like in NXT, you never noticed it because he was presented as a legit athlete that could just out wrestle you. And what you. makes that even and more they, impressive is because he, even even when he was paired up with Jordan, Jordan's a bigger dude, and they never once right. played the size factor. Yeah, they never did right. that. That was what made it cool. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, it was something that you noticed, but it was like a tag team thing, right? It was like, okay, Jason Jordan is the big stable the power guy, guy. yeah, and, right. and and Gable is the the flippy guy. It was kind of like a, a they were, foundation thing. Where you well, what they reminded me of, they reminded me of uh, the Steiner brothers, and they reminded me of right. that old comedy with uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody. Harrison was a white man can't jump that one. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what they reminded me of. So it's like they chased the belts, and then they finally won the belts, and then and their first defense they dropped it to the revival. Then they got wow. attacked by the authors of pain. And I remember like mm-hmm. normally when they debut people, there's like vignettes or teasers or whatever. But when they dropped them in their first defense, they got attacked by the Authors of Pain, and there was, like, no bill towards AOP at all. The crowd had no clue who they were. It was really awkward. Uh-huh. And then I, I remember they had, like, a match with AOP on a regular episode of NXT. Yeah. And then AOP and then beat the them, and then that was it. And it was like, wait, yeah. what? Then they, got, then they got called up to the main roster, and they didn't do anything. They won the titles. And then the biggest crime that so many people forgot – was they had a tag team match with the Usos for the tag team championships. And it was really good. But the problem that fans may not remember was it was the go-home SmackDown to WrestleMania. WrestleMania, And it was like, y'all couldn't have... Y'all couldn't have saved that for the pre-show? Or, like, you yeah. couldn't save that for, like, the SmackDown after Mania? Like, no, yeah. they did it the SmackDown before Mania. Like, and it was like, and I think, what? I think the kick in the balls was, I don't even think the Usos were in anything at that point. They weren't. They weren't. I mean, it was a, no, it was a great no. match. and Right, you know, it was just, just yeah. horrible misuse. But, um, anyway, that's, that's my rant, so... And that was fresh after, but, um, well, maybe not exactly fresh, but yeah. that was not too long after the Usos turned heel. Right, so right. Like, 
Yeah. And then with the whole Jason Jordan thing, uh, you know, Vince McMahon has done this many years. Uh, we, ha- we haven't mentioned this story in quite some time, so we always like to reuse this story every now and then. Uh, Vince can be seen out at times, but what Vince likes to do is Vince absolutely hates it when he feels that fans know where he's going. So sometimes when Vince does stories where it feels like casual fans, hardcore fans, like when he does a story and when he feels like everyone knows, Vince will swerve just for the sake of swerving, just so he can say you didn't see it. Right, right. The most notorious example of this was the Christian thing. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, Anytime you watch any of those fucking Marvel movies or DC movies or whatever, right. you, you know Superman is winning at the end of it. You know fucking Batman is winning at the end of it. But if so, if the studio like decided what day to make Batman lose to the Joker, right? Like <laughs> the Joker beats <clears throat> Batman up at the end of the movie, and Batman is the one that goes to Arkham. That's a horrible movie. And the thing right. with WWE is they have their trajectory. I mean, it's a little different because it's wrestling. I understand you want to keep the unpredictability factor up, but but you still gotta let the story flow where it yeah. goes. You gotta have the build up to those moments where right. the hero wins, right? So when it so when it came time for the whole Kurt Angle <laughs> angle and they and they were talking about the rumor was that it was going to be like a lost family member or lost son or something you know all and signs pointed Dixie, it to be to it do you, right right the Dixie thing because but, but, that's when Dixie was on the network on the Angle special and it was like oh man she signed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. You're so happy that? about that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember I, that. I wanted her to. Call, I was just waiting for her to show up on Raw and call everybody darling. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but they, but they went with. Uh, they went with Jason instead. Made, I mean, because Chad Gable made the perfect sense. But they went with Jason uh, because it was a swerve, and also because it was a subtle joke. Because they're trying to say that Kurt, you know, <laughs> he likes the chocolate every now and then. Didn't he yeah, date? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rocky, yeah, Rosa Khan. Yeah, Rocket Khan. Yeah, forget Rocket. For a while. No, forget Rocket Khan. Remember that crazy segment where he like kidnapped Charmel <laughs> and he was yeah, like, "I want yeah, the crazy yeah. bestiality sex." That was so stupid. Yeah, that was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a yeah. I want bestiality. Yeah. NXT right now, I think they have they're in a world. They have a world of issues right now. I think here's the thing. Yes, they're getting obliterated by AEW every week in the ratings, but... Obliterated? That's a strong word. Yeah, no, it's it's what it is, That's a strong word. Obliterated? Yeah, obliterated, yeah. We we can say that word. If it was like maybe like a couple thousand, it wouldn't be, but now we can safely say it's it's an obliteration. That doesn't mean they won't ever win again, but let's let's call it what it is. Let's not mince mince words. But here's the problem, though. NXT still, even though they're they're, they're doing about seven hundred thousand viewers a week, maybe a little bit more, that's still probably more eyes on that product than it ever had. So. I don't really know about, and I think things will change for NXT once they move to uh, arenas and stuff. In but, January. 
I, I, yeah, I was yeah. going to touch on that in a little bit, that there's something here that everybody's either not seeing or just don't want to talk about, but it's coming. But, yeah, keep keep going, and I'll, I'll get no, to it. No, I'm just saying, like, that's the thing. They're Like, they're, they've kind of – I think they've kind of – I think if they would have moved to USA or even if they would have moved to Fox Sports, um, with just the hour of program, the same hour, just a quality hour of programming, it would have been better. They rushed this thing, and aesthetically, you know, it doesn't look like that's it what it is. Look like good wrestling, um, as far as well. No, not that it doesn't look like good wrestling. It just no, looks I'm like not, it, it looks like 1995 ECW. 2 a.m. TV because right. you've got it looks 500 indie. people there. It looks, yeah, it it looks, looks indie. Yeah, it looks I'm not like... talking about the actual matches. The matches are good, yeah. but right. the aesthetics of it, like if I'm a, a well, Joe this, Lowe, well, I'll let you finish. Well, this is the issue for me. WF. Uh, but well, this is the issue for me. This we're on we're on week three now, so I, we're, I'm 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 gonna wait. I'm gonna give both because uh, AEW does this as well, but they're getting a little bit better with it. I'm gonna give it at, after next week. We'll have four weeks of of both AEW and NXT. Mm-hmm. What I'm waiting for is um, this is the big issue, um, you know. And I've talked about this before, and not to bring it back to NWA Power. The wrestling in NWA Power is, you know, is average. But the promos, NWA Power, everybody's cutting promos. Uh, Eli Drake comes out, cuts a promo. Tim Storm comes out, cuts a promo. Nick Aldis comes out, cuts a promo. Every single person that comes out. Tim Storm, Mm -hmm. if you guys ever find his neck, can we give it to him, please? Because I'm sure he's just a head with shoulders. Like, Jesus Christ. No, I, I do think one thing that I always think AEW needs to start doing is those ramp promos that Mean Gene used to do on Nitro. I know they don't want to right, be right. too WCW-ish, but yeah, but they're mm-hmm. totally doing that on the first that, episode. So why why they're, they're like in the middle? Yeah, AEW's like they're like they're like meeting the, they're meeting the mentality halfway. They have like some stuff like that. They have um. They have like uh, the the, the vignettes they're doing with Cody like getting ready for uh, his match of Jericho's cool, but I, I agree with that. Um, but the main point that I, I really wanted to make about the NWA Power is if you're watching NWA Power, if you don't know who James Storm is, if you don't know who Nick Aldis is, if you even um shit, uh, fuck Allison K, Allison K, I, I knew her yep. as Sienna when she was part yeah, of Impact. Yeah. Well, what I like about Power is they have a match. And then when the match is over, they go down to the studio part and they just right. do a promo about the match. Yep. Like that's so, if you have no clue WCW who. WCW style too. WCW NWA yep. style. Right. Always with the. You'd wrestle your match and then you'd go over to the side and Jim Ross or Tony yeah. Schiavone would, would interview right. you. Even on Nitro, they did that. Yep. Right. So like, if you don't know who these people are, if you're a casual fan and you don't know who they are, just based off these promos. It gives you an idea of their character, and it gives you a reason to give a shit. And the main mm-hmm. problem with NXT right now is it's great wrestling, 
but zero character development. They're they're basically catering to the fans they have. So is AEW, but AEW's trying a little bit more. I mean, not as much, well, but they're doing a little bit more to explain. You know what NXT is doing a little differently, though? You know what NXT is doing a little differently? And I'm not saying it's 100% the right way to do it. <clears throat> is they're not giving you... Okay, you're getting the same core guys every week, but they're not giving you... If they have, let's say, 15 talents on a show every week, while probably nine of them are going to be the same across the board because you need your undefeated errors, you need your Champa, you need your dream, you know, you're getting also a handful of different guys that you're starting to get to see. You know, like the one good thing I will say about NXT in the three weeks, you've gotten three different types of main events. First week, you got Strong Dream. Okay. Last week, you got... I'm sorry, then you got the Street Profit um, match with Undisputed Era. Um, this week you had Priest and, and Dunn. They're, they're showcasing different guys in different ways. So in maybe three to six months, well, let's say, no, let's use the end of the year as the example. When they go on the road in the end of the year, Damien Priest now is a bigger deal because he main evented, let's say, five NXT episodes over the course of four months. You know, and, and AEW is doing a good job of that, too, with some of the secondary guys with Jericho, like Sammy Guerrero. They're doing a good job with that. They're going to have to mix up their main events a little. That's what I think NXT is trying to do. The problem is this should have been done before you went live. Right. You shouldn't be doing right. this now. Well, they you they mastered NXT, NXT mastered the one hour format, and yeah. the, the two hours doesn't hurt AEW because it's a new show anyway. Whereas NXT already had an establishment as one hour, so they're still figuring you know, well, out well, the two hours. NXT with the two hours is also what helps it because for how long did we say, "Oh my God, I can't believe so and so hasn't been on TV yet." I can't believe when are they going to debut this one? At least now you're getting more people on, you know, on TV a lot sooner. You're, you're getting so more folks been, on TV, John. But the problem is most of these casuals don't know who they are. That's the problem. That's what I was. They're, and they're not exactly what right. I was going to say. The negative one. And, they're, the and the problem is yeah. because you've been sitting on them for so long. Now you pull them out at let's say eight forty-five. I don't know who Bronson Reed is. Okay, so why right. should I care that he's facing Riddle? And on top of that, why should I care that Riddle fist bumped him and kind of gave him a little bit of a rub at the end? But if you would have done this six weeks ago, oh, okay, that's that dude that Riddle, you know, kind of put over. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, they'll have, like they'll have an NXT guy. They'll have two NXT people fight in the first hour. And then, like, for instance, right, like this, was, <laughs> this didn't bother me because it was still a good match. Um, Orny Lorkin and I can't ever remember the other guy's name. Orny Lorkin Danny and the Birch. other guy, Danny Birch. Danny, Danny Birch. Lorkin and Birch went up against uh, the NXT, the NXT UK guys, the Imperium the dudes. And, guys, yeah. Right, right, right. So they had a match, and I was like, okay. So I mean, I knew they were part of the Emporium, but I still don't know who they are. So they had a good match, and then they won. And so when it was over, I was thinking, all right, this is two hours. Maybe we'll get like a backstage promo about. 
hey, you guys just beat Orny Lorcan and Danny Burch. They're an established NXT tag team. Like, I was hoping, like, for a promo. Nothing. Then later on, it was, uh, who else was, uh, it was one of those PC chicks. I've seen her all the time. She's, like, Brazilian or something. She was doing, like, a bunch of. Oh, Conti or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've seen her before. I've I've seen her before, but I still don't know who she is. And, and she wrestled a match, and it wasn't like she got squashed or anything. It was like a competitive match that went like seven or eight minutes or something. Like if you're gonna go out there and if you just right, Tegan Knox, right. If you're gonna go out there and if you're gonna get killed, like if it's a squash, if you get killed in two or three minutes, fine. But if you have a competitive seven eight minute match, then as a viewer, that tells me competitive with Tegan Knox, though. No. Right, right, right. So if you're if you're if you're competing, then that tells me as a viewer I should pay attention to you because that means you're being built up and you could possibly right. be a future star. So I, w- I want to know more about you and like right. they're not doing that. And it's just sort of like it's like watching an action movie that has good action sequences, but if you're not invested in the plot, it's just a bunch of explosions. You, I mean, if you, that doesn't you know bother you, too? then great. You know what it is too? They're they're banking on that you've been following Knox on social media and you know the story from the Mae Young classic and stuff like that. And while that's good, you can't assume everybody's doing that. It's my same point about BTE. It's great that you put, you know, whoever, this guy on BTE, but not everybody watches it. Just like with these, right. especially with, with this Tegan Knox and Terry Conti and uh, Dakota Kai comeback. That's great that they've been posting all this stuff on social media and whatnot about it. But the problem is if I don't follow Dakota Kai on Twitter, how the, what do I know what's going on with her? What, and and, and I'm I getting a little nervous, too. And I'm getting, I'm getting a little nervous, too, because some of the stuff they do – and this, is, this might come off as nitpicking as me because you're more familiar with NXT than I am. But the, and you and you we we both vented about this. You were more upset about it. You were really pissed off back when um when Nakamura showed up and he beat Joe in that first match. And I remember you were like, "What the fuck?" Because we mm-hmm. all thought it was going to be I like a fuck so, finish. I felt or should, I felt Nakamura should have should have lost at at the Barclays. Yeah, yeah. Everybody thought right, was right, crazy, right, but... right. And so I'm getting concerned. Because the thing about NXT that they keep doing is, um, you know, every time a shiny new toy shows up, they just they instantly just get the push. And Shayna's been champion, like, all this time. It, was, it wasn't even that. With the Nakamura thing, it was the way that they were playing. They were almost making Joe out to be the joke. Like, if you remember those promos, Nakamura was laughing and having a good time. And Joe was telling him, yo, I'm going to beat some fucking respect into you. And I was like, I was like, Nakamura should totally lose because then you could have Nakamura be like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I didn't take you seriously. Now I'm focused. Now I'm intent. Now watch what I right, do. Right. That was my whole stance with Nakamura. It wasn't the fact that Nakamura came in in March and in August got the title shot. They do that all the time. You know, it was just the way they played off Nakamura in that in that feud. It was like, wait a minute, Nakamura's kind of a douche. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, the main thing that I'm trying to make is that the one thing they keep doing is like they they keep they keep putting the whenever there's an established whenever there's like an established champion, a lot of times they just they give it they give the victory to the shiny new toy, and I see they're pushing this Rhea Ripley chick, and I'm confused because you brought yeah, back Dakota Kai, you brought back Dakota Kai. 
and then she wins a match. Then the next week, you do she Dakota against Bianca. Bianca with no build or Bianca. anything. Yeah. Yeah, she uses the Bianca. So it's like, okay, so you're protecting Bianca, but, like, you're not putting the belt on her, so what's the point? And you know now why? you're doing Rhea. They're building up. They're bu- I'll tell you exactly what they're doing. I'll tell you exactly what they're doing. And they're actually, for once, doing the opposite of what you were just saying. Because if they would have put the belt on the shiny new toy, Lowe would have had, Io Shirai would have had it freaking months ago. For some reason, I guess it's because they're just trying to really build up Shayna. And I feel so bad for Shayna with this because I feel like... No, you know what it is, man. What they're doing is is they're trying to keep as many people down there as possible because they're competing against AEW now. Well, that's, that's what's going on. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. That's what I was. That's where I was going with. That's what I was saying. I feel so bad for Shayna because Shayna's done everything already down there, and because right. of this thing, if this thing would have came three months later, they definitely would have shot her up to the main roster. Now you can't. So now what they're trying to do is they're trying to build this whole pool of women that are all have a claim and all could you know. You know, Bianca wants the belt. Io wants the belt. Rhea wants the belt. Knox wants the belt. You know, what's to say Candice LeRae doesn't upset, you know, whatever, you know, Maria Schaefer next week, and LeRae's back in the hunt. I think they're building to just this big, massive, which they've never done, I don't think, like this massive, like, five- or six-way with, with all, you know, all these women and Shayna. That's the only thing they have left to do because the problem is Shayna's beat them all, except Ripley. Shayna's beat them all. She's beating Yim. She's beating Io. She's beating Belair. She's beating LeRae. She beat Kai before she got hurt. The only one she didn't beat because she hasn't got her hands on her is Knox. So it's like, what else is there for Shayna to do? You're only, but you're right. They have to keep Shayna down there because of what's going on. Shayna should have been up on the main roster murdering Becky already. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I have a request here from um, from uh, Aaron from PWP. Um, just a new thing I'm going to be doing uh, where I just message different members and I just say, is there anything you want me to talk about? And just as a way to just keep a conversation interesting. And uh, Aaron just wants to give my thoughts on the draft. Uh, I don't really have much to say about the draft. I'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible. Uh, the the wild card basically ruined the yep. uh, allure of the draft because all the big names that got drafted were people that were already on the show anyway. It was, um, it the was other a thing reset. That, that, it wasn't a draft. It was a reset. Right. It was, it was here's a, a reminder reset, of who's on what show, and we're going to sh- just shake <laughs> a few people up. The only good and then what also hurts the draft – Oh, you can go on. Mm-hmm. No, 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 finish, Chris. Uh, the only, I just had two other things to add. The other thing that hurt this draft was you know that they are going to cater to couples that are dating. So when, say, Charlotte moves to Raw, then you know that Almas is also going to Raw yeah. because they're dating. And since Almas is with Selena Vega, then you know Alistair Vega Black is also to, going yeah, to Raw. It becomes a so domino. Some, right. So some might say I'm nitpicking, but, like, that's kind of what makes the drafts they, interesting back in the day this, is that you didn't know. They've kind of done this. Once they stopped with Carmella and Cass, that was the last really big one. But, like, yeah. realistically, this goes back to Naomi with the Usos. 
Right. You know, and, yeah. and laugh at me all you want, but I remember watching Total Divas, and they did a thing with Naomi leading into the draft, and Naomi told Mark Carano, you know, point blank, you separate me from my husband, you know, I'm going to be pissed. You know, and that's well, I believe that, well, I believe in today's you know, climate they can probably like sue. I, I actually, I don't think you can, Chris. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're just because Wait. you and your wife. Or you and your husband work. But if, if they're if they're married, you can't. Couldn't you sue? Like, if, I don't. Care, no. I don't care about that either. This is my thing. If WWE actually had clear, concise storyline plans for wrestlers, I think that hey, look, I know you're married. It sucks that you're separated, but that's the job. My problem yeah, exactly. With is they don't fucking have any plans for anybody, so it's like. You know, come up with some stuff, man, and make you. You know, that's your, the other, your job to to do is to make these people believe in your vision for them. And they used to be very good at that. And I don't think they're good at that anymore. But I, I don't yeah. think just because you're married, yeah, you, you that's need like to you be and your on the wife work for best. Well, the the, the last thing. The same store. You work in Atlanta, she works in, you know, Marietta. <laughs> right, so, so other than the <laughs> underwhelming draft, uh, other than the underwhelming draft and the whole couples thing, I'd probably say the biggest thing about the draft, that was the biggest miss. Um, and, like, here's my thing, right? This is this is just, and, and you know, you guys are more into this because you guys follow sports, but, like, when you introduce a rule, don't even if you're not going to use the rule, then like why even put it out there? The only thing about this draft that was remotely interesting was the context of the rule at the very bottom that said any undrafted people will then go to well, right can go to a, a a brand of their choice. So when you word it that way, you're making fans think that maybe you'll break up a faction. Are you going to break up the New Day? Are you going to break up a tag team? Because I remember back in the day, uh, Dudley, uh, Devon, and Bubba got Dudley, drafted to different yeah. shows. And even I remember Hardy. Right, right, right. The EPA yeah. got drafted to different shows. Uh, Jeff and Matt got drafted to different shows. So, like, they, they introduced that rule, and then they didn't even use it. And then the second thing is the the specific wording of it says that undrafted people – can go to a brand of their choice. It doesn't say Raw or SmackDown. It simply says a brand of your choice. They're making it sound ambiguous. Like, oh, so perhaps right. maybe NXT is a choice. Perhaps NXT UK is a choice. And there are certain people that were not drafted, such as EC3 or EY or Cesaro, and it was giving fans hope that, oh, okay, maybe they'll go to NXT and be used. Nope. They just get drafted to Raw SmackDown and some Twitter tweets that no one even knew about, and they didn't even acknowledge it on TV. You just have to follow their social media on Instagram or Twitter to even know. So it's like you have this rule, and you don't even use it. So like, if you're not even going to use the rule, why did you even word it that way? Like That was just dumb. And then they did the little backstage thing. I'm happy for Renee. She's more in her element. You know, I mean, she's a good talker, but... The FS1 thing is more her thing, and you know you have the little the back yeah, thing I, show. I heard, and I heard some people were pissed that she made the Fox Money comment. I, I heard that did not exactly go over a hundred percent. Yeah, well. I don't like, think it would. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? Are you seriously mad at that? No, not them. Fox. Fox, not the right. Fox. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about Fox. 
Also, 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 Kimi, let me ask you this, man, because you're more into this, okay? Am I the only one that finds this cringe? When they did that SmackDown segment where they were talking to the, the, the folks on the sports tables about their favorite wrestlers, they were all mentioning older wrestlers. Yeah. Didn't that right. come off yeah. as cringe? Well, was, it, it was garbage, man. It, it was it was complete fucking garbage. It, 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 I mean, it, it, to me, it, it, it showed that these guys don't, don't take wrestling seriously. You know, mentioning fucking, who they mentioned, like Dusty Rhodes and stuff yeah. like that. It's, it's just, if you're going to have, there are plenty of celebrities, plenty of people that work for Fox that are wrestling fans that'll go on the show. Yeah. But the, Seriously, what they went with, they wanted the biggest names, though. They wanted Aikman and Joe Buck. They wanted, you know, Kyle Howard. They wanted all these, you know. And yeah, it was, you know, especially after the Ray Mysterio thing, when they showed him, I think, at a Vikings game like three weeks ago, and the announcers at the game were Fox announcers. They were making fun of him, basically. How do you, you know, like, you need to go in there. I understand, you know, Fox right now, I understand Fox has, like, a big swinging dick right now, but, you know, you need to go up to, Vince needs to fucking, you know, go up to Fox and be like, you can't shit on my people like that. And like I said, when we did the show two weeks ago, like, it's good PR, but it's coming at the expense of, like, current wrestling fans because the stuff that they're doing is not doing anything for people that like the product right now. Like, you're not mm-hmm. saying much about the roster. is coming at How their expense. How much more would have it mattered? How much more would it have mattered? And, and the answer is a lot. I'm asking this sarcastically, of course. But picture Joe Buck saying, you know what? I'm a big Seth Rollins guy. Okay, roll, you could roll your eyes that it's Rollins because of everything with Rollins right, right now. But think about, like, what I'm at. What, it's more about what I'm trying to say right now. Like, Picture what that mm-hmm. does for the casual fan. Or Troy Aikman saying, ah, you know what, I like I like AJ Styles. You know, even if you got to feed him the fucking line, you know, just get him to put over right. the guys that are there now. You know, I like the new dad, right. you know, whatever. You know, like that. The only thing I will say, and I'm so glad they did this, and this is a minor thing that probably 99% of people who watch the two nights didn't pick up on, but it's about time they they. I'm glad they addressed it. Dio Madden made the point when Lesnar was drafted to SmackDown that he said, and I'm paraphrasing, after years of being a free agent and pretty much doing whatever he wants, he's finally locked down and committed to a show. Now, say what you will about Lesnar. But you know what? The fact that they actually, the fact that they went to that is a, is great. The problem is, of course, it gets lost in all the other bullshit they did with it. But I thought that line by Matt, by Dio was just it, it, it mattered. It mattered. Another thing that Owens happened that got, got lost. I didn't even Owens. put much thought into it. Was the whole Kevin Owens thing? Apparently, Owens was not pleased on Twitter. And I was like, why? Like, I didn't really think about it at first. He was kind of <laughs> upset because, you know, he did this yeah. long story on SmackDown with but Shane. Did, yeah, but if you think about this, they did this with AJ, too. Look at AJ. Look at what AJ and Orton's feud at WrestleMania was built up. Who's the face of SmackDown? AJ, 
wins, and what happens the following week? He's drafted to Raw. Yeah. I guess that you just know. shows more well, than Owens anything they don't have Owens, long-term planning. Yeah, this Owens storyline about him trying to rid SmackDown of Shane so SmackDown can be a better place, and Owens ends up on Raw. Now, I don't know if they would ever have the balls or the smarts to let Owens cut that promo. You know, like, you know, I, I fought for months, and now I'm here, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know how you would word it, but... You know, so now basically yeah. the whole thing with Owens and Shane didn't matter for the last three months. I think you know? uh, what really hurts, I think what really hurts, uh, um, and I have to be, well, I'm, I'm not going to be careful. I'm just going to be fucking honest. Um, many fans tune out, not just because it's fall, this whole Saudi Arabia thing. I'm not going to get political. Many fans tune out on this Saudi stuff. So, right, yeah. Because of the whole, yeah, yeah, many, many fans mm-hmm. tune out. When they start, when they start pushing, when they start pushing their next uh, Saudi show, like I don't care. I wait until the show's over, and then once, so like when this, when this next Saudi show ends, then it's the road to Survivor Series. When they get there, that's when I'll start paying attention. And that's when it's like, okay, they're going to build stuff. But but these international shows are not for us. They're for them. No. Um, they're PR, no, they're yeah, for, they're, they're for they're, PR things. Yeah. The only thing they're doing a better job this year is they're not – I mean, okay, and, and yes, Lesnar is still, quote-unquote, a part-timer. And until Vasquez gets going, he's more of an attraction. And obviously, Fury is. At least we're not getting Goldberg, Undertaker, or Brothers and Destruction – versus DX, you know, they're getting, they're doing stuff that while they're catering to what they got to cater to over there, they're taking advantage of it and getting some, you know, I guess some PR, mainstream PR because of Velasquez and because of Fury, you know, at least they're doing that. You're right though. Nothing means anything, you know, I mean, nothing yeah. means anything on these shows. And because, you know, right, because they signed the contract. How many years I'm are they doing this? Scared. 10 years? Or was it ten shows? Ten years. I think it's ten years. Yeah. Right. Okay. So ten years and two shows per year. About right. so, so, so how Saudi this Arabia. is going to factor into the fiend. This, yeah. This. So Saudi Arabia has this vision uh, twenty thirty uh, plan that they're doing for the whole country, where they're trying to paint themselves as more mainstream and yeah. doing little meaningless things to kind of show that they're more mainstream so they could ex- attract well, American well, business. And, you know, I think the unfortunate like, part is if, if they're doing these, cause it seems like they're doing these shows around the same time each year because of that yeah. the case. Then, one post then, and one in the fall. Yeah. Then uh-huh. basically that means don't, don't pay attention to WWE main roster television during these particular periods in time. That's what I see happening going forward mm-hmm. if they if they do it at the same time. Uh, I'm not worried about The Fiend, John, because as I said, these matches on these shows don't mean anything. It's probably going to uh, be another DQ or whatever. No, it's two I mean, out they did it with AJ and Knock. No, the problem is, it's, I, isn't it like two out of three falls or something? So you can't do it's a for the universal title, which doesn't make sense because Bray SmackDown. Actually, I've heard so. a theory. I've heard a theory that said that this is all just it's smoke and mirrors, but someone put something out there that 
what's going to happen is eventually Wyatt is going to win the title. So they'll have to move him back to Raw. And then somehow, some way, it, it may play into the Alexa Nikki Cross trade because it was for future considerations. I've heard like this is all the whole thing with Wyatt is like complicated and convoluted that both both networks wanted him and now WWE's kind of got and they've got both got both parties to agree we'll use him on both shows so everybody gets him for now but eventually he's going to circle back to Raw that's what I've heard that um you know that the whole Firefly Funhouse despite the rumor that Fox doesn't want it supposedly it was more of getting I don't know if it's going to work with Rollins, but getting Rollins to tap into something, you know, and then because that, like, they were pointing out, like, the Fiend laughs at the end, that it was more about getting Rollins to snap, and eventually the fun house will be back. Um, you know, yeah, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about the fact that Wyatt's on SmackDown. I think, if anything, Fox is going to lose out more on it because I can't, I don't know for sure if Wyatt would be on SmackDown tonight. But he's definitely advertised for Raw on Monday, you know. So hey, KME, let's let's. let's hey, KME, let's let's hear more about your favorite dweeb. Ooh, who is that? Rollins. Uh, okay, look. Man. <laughs> I, I, I I do not care about this story. I I understand the fans like Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. For me, I I just don't watch wrestling for this kind of fuckery. This is. Uh, you know, I just don't like it. Um, I don't. I, I was. I, I was not that upset. At, I was more upset by the Kofi Lesnar bullshit than I was by whatever happened in that stupid Hell in a Cell match. It, it was a meaningless match in the, with a meaningless storyline that is just ultra, ultra goofy to me. But I do understand the fans' frustrations. The people that, you know, wanted a finish to that match and they didn't get one. And, you know, people like Bray Wyatt, so I think he should. Um, to me, that's not a guy right. you put the belt on in this carnation, but if the fans, if that's what people want, then I don't yeah, think but, the harm is in it. And then what I'm waiting for as well, since you mentioned uh, the uh, the Kofi thing, um, WWE does this every year, and, um, you know, it is what it is. They do this every year because it's October, it's breast cancer stuff. Uh, they're not as in your face about it this year as they've been, been in the year, past. Yeah. yeah, but they're still doing it. So when Kofi came out last week, um, it was a it was a cancer segment. These cancer segments are non kayfabe. They have faces. They have well, sometimes they, they'll have heels for commercials. But the point is, is that when yeah. they have these cancer segments, like these are non kayfabe. They're just there. Right for PR purposes. And with that combined with like this whole Saudi tag team gauntlet thing, that, that means more filler. So what I'm waiting for is I am waiting for after Saudi is over. And when we're on the bill to survivor series, there needs to be something with Kofi. Yep. Right. Right. There needs to be something. There needs to be. Kofi needs, even if Kofi's going to lose again, I need Kofi to right. acknowledge that he lost the title. 
Right. right. But I don't I don't I don't I don't expect anything, not just with Kofi but like with anybody. Because we got the cancer yeah. stuff and then you got really? the Saudi stuff. So Yeah. These are these seem like little things, but for for you know, the average person watching the show I mean these things all these little things They're enough to add up. That's what it is. Yeah. Is anything like Oh my god, the end of the world? No, probably not. But you know what it is? It's one thing here. It's one thing I don't like. Then it's one thing that you don't like. And then you bring that up to me and I'm like, Yeah, you know what? That's shitty. And then I go to KME and say, Hey KME, what do you think about this? Yeah, you're right, John. That sucks. Oh, hey, John, what do you think of this? Oh, shit, dude, you know what? That's fucking bad. And all of a sudden, we went from one little shitty thing to a pile of, like, seven shitty things. Yeah, it's, it's something that and, they've and been doing like, a lot, I'd say, for the yeah, past decade or so. One, one, of the main re- one of the main reasons why, like, one, one of the things that I always cringe, and I know, like, they're just, being, they're just doing what they're being told, is, like, every time John Cena shows up, you know, Michael Cole always talk, calls him the greatest of all time. Like, I laugh at that because, like, Cena was great and all. You know, great character, great promo, uh, good in the ring, despite what fans say. But the one thing that Cena always lacked, and it wasn't his fault because, unfortunately for Cena, he just exists in that era. So many times, John Cena would have a big match, and he would lose. And the next night, he comes out, smiling, joking, yeah. like nothing yeah. happened. Yeah, uh, he's done that done. so know, many times. He would no-sell a loss, yeah. He, he, he would yeah. no-sell it. And, and, and at first, they just did it with Cena. But now, they're doing it with everybody. With everybody. Um, right. with, with everybody, you know. And the one that was the most noticeable to me, the one that was the most noticeable was when he lost to The Rock. Because they built up the Rock match for a year, and then he came out the next night after, um, and he just like was like whatever. Then Brock Lesnar no, debuted. That one I just see. That one I disagree with. That one I think, you know, it was you know that was the one he was more okay. You know, because remember when Brock, right before Brock came out, Cena's like, I want Dwayne to come out here, you know, and there was right. some doubt, and also they did a good job of playing up like. Yeah, see that that the Rock loss was handled better, but I know what you're talking about. There's been a million fucking times he's lost, and it's like, okay, well, hey, what are, where are we at tonight? Wow, Tupelo, what what great energy, you know? It's like, dude, you fucking lost to AJ Styles last night, man. Like, fucking sell that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, you, so. you know what Cena has, and I don't, you know, not to turn this into a Cena thing. Cena's got the one thing none of them have. He's got fucking longevity. Yeah. Well, Cena has Cena Cena has longevity for I I give that with a I'll I'll let you go I'll let you go first, Kenny, because I know you got more to say no, about no, than I do. That's, I mean, it's it's their company, and that if that's the narrative they want to paint. I don't care. Um, he's no, been there right. for a long time, but the reason, I mean, there's also, you know, reasons why he's, he's, he's been right. on top for that long, too. You know, Cena, Cena, has, long, Cena has longevity. He has longevity for two reasons. Two reasons and only two reasons. Number one, he was one of the few top guys that got pushed. And some people might say, this doesn't mean that much. Actually, it does. Cena was one of the few top guys that got pushed, and for most of his push, 
he had no relationship, and he had no kids. That goes a long way because when you're yeah. married, when you have a when you have a wife, and when you have kids, yeah. you need time off to spend six with six them. Months off, yeah. yeah. But when you're a bachelor okay. and you don't have any and you don't have any attachments oh, to anybody, fucking, you can travel more. You, you know what I'm gonna say about that? Okay. <laughs> You the second, the second thing that Cena had, okay. this, wait, I mean, this is, uh, the second yeah. thing that Cena, and this, and this is really the main thing, right? And this isn't just uh, something that Cena's guilty of. The main reason why Cena was on top was because for most of Cena's run, there was no real alternative. It was just WWE on top. Uh, TNA was oh, smaller. Okay. Ring of Honor was yeah. smaller. Well, was, there was no what, real alternative. That was what I was going to say. I think it's more okay. of the second one. Right, because there was no Right, there was no immediate threat to Vince, therefore there was no need, there was no rush to create a new star. It was Cena, like, I'll tell you, from like, 2000, from, from like 2006 yeah. to like 2011, 2012, it was the same three, it was two guys with a revolving third door. It was right, Cena, yeah. Orton, Batista, Cena, Orton, Edge, Cena, Orton, Jericho. Cena, Orton, yep. Punk. It was always Cena, yep. Orton, and the third you, one would right. just, like, revolve. You're right. And then you're around, right. like, 2014, 2015 was when they finally started to kind of break that, when they started to push Brian, they started to push Roman and Seth and Bray, and then yeah. Cena and Orton slowly got phased out, more so Cena than Orton. Cena got, he got, he got phased out to, like, the U.S. title scene. Orton was kind of like, eh. You know what you got in 2014? You got what he never got in 92. You got the new generation while you still had Hogan and Savage. And that's right. Cena did what Hogan that. should have done. Cena yeah. did what Hogan should have done right. but didn't because that's Hogan was like, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah, and Cena also benefits from Vince McMahon being able to, with no competition at all, turning – the wrestling industry into what he wanted it to be, you know. Okay. And Cena and turning Cena into what it, what he wanted Cena to be. Yeah. Cena, the reason why Cena was became popular is because he was a rebel with Edge, and fans started cheering him. And then, you know, when Vince got a hold of him, he was like, "Okay, no, nah, that's not what you are. Anymore. You're gonna be wearing these fruity yeah. double shirts. You're gonna be I doing this. You're gonna be doing that. Yeah." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I could I could see that. I could see but that. But because you know, of I, the, what were you saying? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish that. Oh, I was just I was just simply saying that you know because there's so many more alternatives now, I I don't foresee uh, you may not any be type able to of have person a guy on top for for twelve thirteen years. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't yeah. see a stranglehold like that I, happening. I, I can see them doing like a Roman Hill turn sooner before later because that's something that they have that will be a big right. deal you know like, yeah and, they, and they, I, you know yeah. you know they have things in their back pocket that they could still when yeah. someone wakes up and realizes it's time to do they have several things in their several back pocket things, yeah. that they can well that's that one of the advantages of that, that that's one of the advantages of competition. That's one of the things that AEW does bring to the table. Just simply, it doesn't matter how much of a real legitimate threat you are. Simply existing and knowing that, hey, yeah. this thing is out there, that now, will now give WWE that, uh, more we options. Don't to, we don't have to do that now. Now becomes, do you really think that will work? 
Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, like somebody like somebody like a Seth yeah. Rollins, someone right. like a Seth Rollins or a Roman Reigns, they're more likely to be turned heel now than they were like four years ago, five years yeah. ago, because of the threat of competition. Yeah. Whereas before, without competition, Vince was just still in his hands. You know, what can we do yeah. to build up an extra 500,000 viewers? Well, Vince, you know, right, I mean, exactly. we, we do have Rollins that can be turned. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas. You know, I would have gone about it differently. Ago. You know, I would have gone about it differently because what I, what I wanted to do, because I remember, you know, Dershey reports are always, you know, they're hit or miss sometimes. I remember hearing one story a few months ago that they wanted to do uh Roman versus Rollins at Mania next year, which obviously that's not going to happen now because the, yeah. the landscape has changed. But this yeah. was during the whole period when uh, what was going on? Oh yeah, it was after uh, it was after Brock cashed in on Seth, and mm-hmm. Brock was champion, and they were just doing those really bad TV segments where just like no one gave a shit. There was, there was like two segments in a row. No, it was two weeks in a row where Brock beat the shit out of Seth. And then, like, the next week he came out beat up, and then Brock beat him up again, and it was like, that's not yeah. getting a dude over. <laughs> right, so what I would have did was I would have did Seth Brock at SummerSlam because I remember one of those segments was, uh, I think it was the first week when Brock killed Seth, and then, like, he was in the ambulance in the back, and then you could see Roman, Roman where he looked – Right, right. He looked. He looked like he 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 felt bad because he wanted to help his shield brother. Then he got attacked by somebody. I forgot who. Um, yeah. I would have had Brock kill Seth at Summers. Well, not kill Seth, but it would have been a competitive match, like just like CM Punk and Brock. But Brock would have won. And then you know I would have had like Brock come out the next night with Heyman, and then Heyman would have been like, you know, we've we've conquered the Kingslayer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we need a new contender or whatever. You do some tournament or battle royale. I don't give a shit. Roman wins, and then you have Roman. I know that's kind of the, – the unfortunate yeah. part of my idea is at some point you've got to do Roman Brock. Again, you have Roman yeah. beat Brock, and then you have Seth basically come back, and it's like, you know, he's happy, but, like, you can tell deep down, like, he's salty. Because it's, yeah. it's like – Yeah. Where, where will be yeah, right, right. Right, right, right. That's that's what that's how I would have did Seth Roman, and that's the way that would have turned Seth heel, and it would have had like a legitimate reason. That's what I would have did. They didn't go in that uh-huh. direction. They just had Seth beat Brock straight up, and so but, now if they want to turn Seth, they got to be like more creative, I guess. So yeah, you know, yeah. um, they, they, they've like they've got so many different things they could do with Seth with Roman, and all of them would instantly make. This show interesting. I think they should have done a lot of this stuff before AEW got on television. I remember us having a conversation about that, Epps, where, like, you know, mm-hmm. they could do this shit now, so AEW just, you don't give these guys legs. See, see, it makes them have to work. Yeah, but you see, I'm going to be honest right. with you. See, here's I, the I thing. Here's, here's what they minutes. really need to do with Seth. Hmm? No, what were we going to say about Rollins? I was like, here, here's the thing that they, that they really need to do. So this is what I've been waiting for, right? They yeah. like to build him up as – I was very – I remember I was very passionate about this when it happened. And at first people said that I was just hating, but then after a while folks uh, changed my opinion. They build Seth like he's this anarchist guy, like he's this rebel who who doesn't care. But actions speak louder than words. You have to do yeah. something 
that really shows and displays that you don't care. I thought one of the lamest things that they ever did with him, and I will stick to it, right? Back at WrestleMania, uh, what year was it? Was it uh, – there's so many manias now. The mania where he fought Triple H. Which mania was okay, that? Okay, 34, 34. No, 33. 33? Right, okay. Yeah. That was the year he fought Triple H. Uh, mm-hmm. Seth was fired, right? He was he was fired or suspended or something along those lines. And what they did was they had Seth show up at a takeover where he got in the ring, and it was like after a match was over but nothing was going on, Seth showed up, and I guess the moment was kind of cool, and then he called out Triple H. And I guess the only cool part about the segment was – and in, in NXT, they've always been ambiguous as to exactly what Triple H is. Just like I've said how Cody and Triple H are similar. They're bipolar. Like, there'll be a face in this segment. Oh, yeah. There'll be and a heel in this segment or whatever. Night. What's that? And, and Cody proved it again Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, they, they're the same, right? So, I think Triple H, mm-hmm. he just caught out Triple H and then... Triple H showed up, and I was, and then like security came. But like when the security came, Triple H didn't say anything, and he didn't motion his hands like he called for security. Like he just stood there, and the security kind of came on his own. So I thought that moment was kind of cool. But what I thought was lame about the segment was, and I know you're gonna laugh at this, Kami, because like this is the kind of humor that you always like joke about. People were acting like it was such a cool deal that Seth showed up at a takeover, and I was like. He didn't do anything though. That's like when you're yeah, in but, high school yeah, you and your teachers and your teacher says you got on board with it. You want to know why people got on board with it? Uh, and I'll tell you why. It was the first time, albeit it didn't really do anything, that we've like you said, Chris. The multi personalities of Triple H were kind of brought together because you had Rollins calling out. For the ma- starting to set up the build for Triple H, that was the takeover the night before the Rumble. So you had you had Rollins starting to you know start this build for this eventual Mania match with Triple H. Stephanie was the only one showing up on TV, and he kept calling her out, kept calling him out. So in a sense, you know Triple H is going to be at that takeover. Why wouldn't Rollins go there? Uh-huh. You know. So in that sense, it made sense, and that, I think that's why people got so hyped with it, because it was like, okay, they took, you know, they talk about, oh, Triple H the creator, and then Triple H the destroyer. Well, you made them one and the same for four minutes one night, and that that well, hadn't to, happened before. So it was a. It was, well, to, to piggyback on on what you said about Cody. Right now, what uh, and this might be something that you might like because I know you're a really big proponent of this year. Um, is I, I think I have an idea what Cody's going for. AEW, from a character standpoint, what it reminds me of right now, it reminds me of WWF in 1997 when they were still new generation, but they hadn't figured out attitude yet. WWF in 97, especially early 97, and it was like was five or six there. guys. It was like it was like Sid, Brett, Sean, Taker, mm-hmm. Vader, none of Austin. You, yeah, but then you still had the Sultan. I get what you're saying. Like, 
You have your main right. guys. You still have your character guys. So for every Cody and Jericho, you still have a private party or, you know, a sunny – like, yeah. They're right, but what I remembered about like, that period was – what I remember about that period was, like, Brett during that time, like, in, in 97 when the fans started booing him, and Sean during that time in 97, and Austin during that time. None of them were heels, but they weren't faces either. Like, all of them were, like, in the middle. It was like shades mm-hmm. of gray, if that makes sense, because yeah. the fans were, were changing. The community it itself, was, the world itself was, was changing. And you know what it was, too? And this is what I've been preaching for years. It was four or five guys who all wanted the same thing, and it didn't matter who had it. They all wanted the WWF title. And it didn't matter if Undertaker, who was a quote-unquote face, had it. It didn't matter if (coughs) Sid had it, who was kind of in between. It didn't matter if Vader would have had it, even though he was a heel. It was these five or six guys who just wanted the same fucking thing. And Vader didn't see Austin because they were best friends. And Austin wanted the belt, and he didn't give a shit. Oh, well, Vader's got it. Well, Vader's a bad guy, and I'm a bad guy, so I can't take the belt off Vader. No, Austin wanted the belt. That's what it was. It was Right, that's the vibe I'm getting. Right, that, 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 current, that, that current vibe is what AEW is getting me. Like, the vibe I'm getting is, like, uh, like, Cody's a face, but even if Kenny had the belt, Cody would still be like, I want to fight. Same thing, like, like Jericho's the heel, but I feel like if Pac had an Jericho, opportunity, he would still me, fuck over Jericho. Jericho and that group, I feel, are like the only defined, and maybe the on today. They're the only ones with real defined roles. Like, right. right. Like, but okay, I, do, Pac, I, I do feel think that they're getting, I, I, I do have faith that they're getting def, defined. Like that Riho chick. She, right. Is getting over, you know. You can say yeah. what you want about her size and stuff, but um, they, the the mm. breakdown of the uh, what was it, twelve to um, twenty four year old um, women, girls, whatever. They they tuned into her. They got like a what was it like a a, a point nine with them or something. They got very very yeah. high ratings. Every every time yeah, every time Rio shows up, their ratings boost, which means that yeah. yeah, whatever they're doing with her is working. They got something there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, so see, see, that's a perfect yeah. example though of what we're talking about, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Rio's a definitive face, and last week she teamed up with Britt Baker. But who did she defend the title against this week? Baker. And Baker wrestled more aggressively of the two. That's fine. Why shouldn't Baker challenge her just because she's, quote, unquote, a face? That shouldn't be the right. right. No, Right. Know. Right. And I think the issue is, and, I, and this is something that you always would talk about, Kami. You would always talk about how, um, you know, I think this was, this was stuff that you were rant about, like, like, like in the 2010s, 2011s, is you always felt like WWE was um, insulting, uh, like, your intelligence or whatever. And yeah, I feel like WWE, so the thing about it is, yeah. <laughs> right, WWE does a lot of what, of what John just said, where, like, if a, just because a face is a champion, then mm-hmm. other faces can't challenge. Like, one of the things that I was hoping... Like I mean, it's 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 a mute point now because Kofi's lost the belt. 
You know, people are talking about, like, oh, the New Day turning or Big E turning. I always thought, like, you don't have to turn them. Like, the, like if you, re- you really want to, like, do something with Big E, this is what you could have did, right? Like, let's let's go I back to clock. Say so after yeah. – well, not just that. Not, not just that. Like, Kofi could beat Orton, and then you could say, okay, well, Kofi, you've beaten Joe, you've beaten Orton, you've beaten Owens, you've beaten Ziggler, you know, you're a fighting champion. You've beaten so many people. We need to have, like, a new contender, right? And so what they do, they could do, like, a battle royale where Big E was in the battle royale, and then you could have Big E win, and then Big E would be like, hey, man, well, you know – we did all this to give you an opportunity. I hope you'll give me one. And Kofi's like, sure. And they can just have a match. And then you could have you could have Kofi beat Big E, or you could have Big E beat Kofi. Um, ideally, if I was booking, I would have had Kofi beat Big E, where then Big E would have been, like, you know, kind of happy for him, but at the same time, like, kind of salty he lost, sort of, like that. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a – Kofi to roll him up. You couldn't have Kofi beat him with Trouble in Paradise. The right, 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 like a flip, like like flip like, pull-up. I had him, man. Right. I love uh, I love, I love, love face versus face and heel versus heel stuff, and it's stuff that, like, I've talked to John about it. Vince – yeah, apparently, like, Vince just isn't a fan of it because he thinks it's tacky. It's only tacky if, if you make it tacky. If the story makes right. sense, it can work. You just gotta, right. you just gotta do it in a way, yeah. you know. And so it just shows you the difference of Vince's mindset because in in ninety seven, ninety eight, he was gonna do whatever it took to beat WCW. Yeah. he didn't give a fuck if it was exactly. Austin or whatever. Austin now, Taylor at SummerSlam with both yeah. of them at faces wasn't tacky when you needed that to beat Nitro. Yeah, yeah. Now, right. now, that, yeah. He, now that he's got like. Now that he's got like eighty-five um, percent of the market share, he's gonna do what the fuck he wants to do, and that's just how he sees things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I would like to see more of that going forward in WWE. I would yeah. like to see more face versus Chris, face you know and more heel propon- versus heel. You know, I'm a big proponent of that. Mm-hmm. That I because I, it's I good storytelling. And what's great about it, yeah, too, is when you have one. face versus face and heel versus heel, it's cool because the fans have to choose. And sometimes, based off that, you can get a story you know, based you off that. that. But you know, that, it actually makes the titles more important, I feel like. Right. I feel like it makes the title more important because it doesn't matter who has it. I want the belt mm-hmm. so damn bad. I don't care if you're a quote-unquote good guy. I don't care if I'm a bad guy and you're a bad guy and you have the belt. I want the belt, too. I mean, I know you hate him, JCD. I, I, I know you, I know you hate him, JCD. But honestly, my favorite part of the Rock promo, of the Hollywood Rock promo, it wasn't the fact that he came out and made fun of the cities he was in. My favorite part of Hollywood Rock was when he was in Toronto, where he was like, "This is where it started." <laughs> and he mentioned how when he fought Hogan, y'all booed him out the building. Like, that was cool because yep. The Rock actually remembered that and used it as yeah. an excuse to be a dick yeah. to what, Toronto. You, know, you want to know what pissed me off about that even more? You want to know what pissed me off about that even more? Is a week later, he was in Nassau Coliseum. And I, when he cut that promo, like, oh, this is where it started, I was like, oh, he's coming to Nassau next week, and he's going to go off on us for booing him out of the building at SummerSlam. Yes! He didn't say shit. Like, I was like, dude, I put some of my best material forward that night. I was at that show. You want to talk about an amazing show live? Dude, that show was great. I do, I do think Not you guys were a little rough on rock that night. I mean, why were you guys dude, booing him anyway? Dude. He did the right thing. 
it started in the parking lot at like 5.30. It, it just it started. <laughs> it started and it just kept, but everyone got it. Dude, Mysterio got a kill the midget chant while he was facing yeah, Angle. You know, <laughs> not that I'm proud of this, but people in my section were chanting mow my lawn at Ray. It was bad, man. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ, dude. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I just went to that L.A. show in, um, in, uh, with a SmackDown premiere and the the shit that they were chanting about Roman Reigns, <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna take part in that, you know. Yeah, it's you know, horrible. You know what though, and however you feel about the way it's been presented, it's a different animal. Boy, talking about talk about doing a one eighty on a guy, and and you know, I I and I feel like part of it is the booking. Okay, granted, yeah, the Shane feud was. Granted, the Shane feud was stupid, but they have not had Roman positioned. Roman is the top guy, but he's not the top guy. Right. You know, and that's because there isn't one anymore. I think that's the reality that needs to really sink in with fans. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I when I used to watch ROH back in the day when uh, Seth Rollins with Tyler Black. I he remember got him having this yep. problem of sustaining chairs. He was a good guy, yeah. and fans were booing him. I do remember that. He was this booed. Was he was. With, 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 uh, it's Seth not. Rollins. Yeah, it's Rollins not. was not he the got, most he got beloved ROH guy. He was yeah. because yeah. because he was one of those dudes. I'll tell you why. He, and I was I was a TNA guy back then, but as a TNA guy, I didn't watch Ring of Honor, but I knew about the dudes that were there because TNA and Ring of Honor were like they were different, but they were one and the same in the sense that like TNA fans didn't like Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor fans didn't like TNA, but we both respected the fact that this was different than WWE, right? And how it was with Ring of Honor, it's not this way anymore, obviously, because Ring of Honor is just a totally different animal. How it was with Ring of Honor back then was there were certain guys where fans saw them and they're like, that's us. Like, yep. these guys, like, the guys like CM Punk, Austin Aries, Kevin Steen, Brian Danielson, those type of dudes, when they were there, fans watched, and it's like, they're not going to betray us. These guys are us. But there were certain dudes that were there, and you saw them. And as soon as you saw them, you knew, like, they're going, they're going to WWE. Like they're yeah, not, you know they're not, they're something? not going to be here for the long term. You know what played, you know what played a factor in that too, and I, was the fact that those other guys left. So it became a case of well, right. if Brian Danielson's going to leave, Tyler Black's definitely going to leave. If CM Punk's right. going to leave, Tyler Black. It was their, it was, it was their look too. It was their look too, like 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 Punk and Aries and and Joe and all those guys, like Joe and Punk and Aries. They all had like these grungy looks that WWE just did not like. Admittedly, at the time, they did not like. Yeah. And and Tyler Black just had such a clean cut look. You know what else? Like you, you know just you, you just knew. You know what else he had too? He wasn't the biggest guy by any stretch of the imagination, but you could tell. He was in shape enough, more so than those guys. Maybe not Aries, because Aries right. kind of always took care of himself, but definitely more so than a Joe, a Punk, right. and even to a degree, Brian, that you could see 
that, okay, he's already cut up. He's already defined. Shit, this guy's a fucking WWF guy, WWE guy. Pretty much. Just, pretty much. The main thing, getting, but, but the, the main thing that's always hurt him. To be a WWE right. guy. So you knew right from the beginning. Mm. This guy. The main, the, the main thing that's always hurt him. And and I've talked about it, and you said it yourself, Kami, is that he never he never had, like even even by like some people will like throw shade, like even by indie standards, like even if you're an indie guy, like if you've never been in WWE, like and I've seen I've seen I, I take pride in the fact that like as a guy who prefers the alternative, I've gotten mainstream guys. Let, let me rephrase that. I've gotten fans who may not have cared about something from the alternative and I've gotten them to invest in stuff. Like for instance, I remember one time, John, a long time ago, I think it was like a year ago, I think you messaged me and you said that one of your son's favorite wrestlers is evil from New Japan. And I was like, that's so cool. Right, but like, that's that's so cool because I'm like I'm like John's kid literally knows evil. It's like how many kids have even seen New Japan? Like that's fucking amazing to me, you know. Yep. That like I was able to to convert one person, right? But um, yep. even an indie, like you can be an indie wrestler and you can still have a larger than life personality, or you can be an indie wrestler and you can kind of have a look that can make a, a mainstream fan go like, wow, why isn't this guy in WWE like Dalton Castle? You know, a few years ago when he was doing the whole Peacock Prince thing where he had the boys or EC3 and TNA, like, in 2014, 2015. Yeah. Like, I am a Carter. The Carters need us and stuff like that. What's always hurt Seth is that Seth never had that larger-than-life character. Punk had the straight-edge thing. Samoa Joe was the Samoan submission machine. Austin Aries was, like, this pretty boy who called himself yeah. the greatest man that ever lived. Daniel Bryan, yeah. or Brian Danielson, was the American dragon. He came out, like, with a Rocky Three Apollo Creed coat. Yeah. That was marketable. Yeah. And when he first came to WWE, he did he did wear the hood. He kind of dropped yeah. it when he uh, started growing his beard out. Even, even, guys in, even guys in recent years, like Jay Lethal, when he was doing the House of Truth uh, with Truth Martini and, and, the, and the Book of Truth and the Red Suits and, and guys like Jay Briscoe, like they all had these marketable-looking characters where you're a WWE fan and you could look at them and be like, I could see them at a WrestleMania. Tyler yeah. Black never had that. He was just presented as this guy from Iowa who was a good wrestler. Okay, cool. What else? And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Like you, it's okay if you want to have somebody that's you know different from the expectation and the norm. The problem is under the Tyler Black moniker, he really didn't have the personality to pull that off. Right. Yeah. You know. And as Seth you know, and as Seth Rollins, his peak, like, his, his peak as Seth Rollins was probably like when he had J and J security. When he had money in the bank yeah, and he hadn't cashed in yet, he was kind of. A, he was kind of. Like, but that was right. But that was never, that was definitely the best version of himself. That was when yeah, he was the most right. over. No, that was when he got the best reactions. But I, I would agree. But he was never put in a, like a autonomous situation, right? So right. Like, even when he was that guy, Triple H. He was the he cared more about doing the authority's bidding than mm. his, his his own personal journey. That's always what I got from him. Like Triple H, I feel like, of, but that was part of the character I, I, though. The part of yeah, the character. I feel that, like that Seth, he sold out and he, 
Bill right. Clinton, Triple H's bitch, and then you knew eventually it was going to blow up. That's what it right. was. I feel like Seth would be better off as a performer. It's probably like the most random thing I'll say on today's show. I feel like he'd be better off as a performer if instead of going to Ring of Honor, he went to TNA. As many of all the bad things TNA ever did, the one consistent thing they were always good at is they were good at turning nobodies into somebodies. And to this day, right. they're still good at that. They were yeah, very the good at repackaging is, people. You want to know what the problem is back then with TNA? Obviously, they don't have that problem anymore because it's just right. not happening like that anymore. Is they, they didn't they get anybody that, from TNA. But then the, the difference, the problem is, oh, we built up Austin Aries. We created this amazing thing called Option C. Wow, Aries is over. Mm. What do we do with Aries at Bound for Glory? Oh, we feed him to Jeff Hardy. Right, right, right. Of course, of course. But yeah, uh, this is this is something that Seth is going to have to. I mean, it's it's on him as a person. I don't want to seem like I'm attacking him, but this is on him. Like he's gonna. What's going to help Seth, to be honest with you, is the eventual heel turn. I know they're saying they have no plans to do it right now. Okay, that's right now. But eventually they're going to turn. Eventually they're going to have no choice. This is going to get worse than Roman and Cena ever were, and they're going to have to turn him. When that happens, if they let him unload, okay, on people, like, you know, I was getting my ass kicked by Brock Lesnar and you people were cheering, you know, screw you assholes. You know, the fiend is attacking me and stalking me. And you know what, you guys, you know, cheered and you was chanting yowie wowie and all that and you know you want to get Seth over as a heel I'm out here I'll tell you what you do busting my ass getting ready to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania you guys are more concerned about my girlfriend that's what you're gonna need you want to, you know, well that that's cool, especially the girlfriend line. But you really want to get Seth over as a heel? Hell, like just thinking about it, it pisses me off. And it happened so long ago, it's very easy to forget. You want to get Seth over as a heel? Very simple. You have him come out, have him go after Edge, and you have him get, you have him get booed, and you just simply say, "Hey, you guys can feel me." You 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 have him say something along the lines of, "You guys can feel whatever way about me, but at the end of the day, I'm the guy that retired Sting." Oof. That hurts. That's ran- That's random, though. That's random. I, he I retired. He yeah, did. but, he, like, Sting's one of the all... It, it would have to be in front of the I right know. crowd, though. It has yeah, to be, like, in Sting's got... home or, or something. You know what you'd have to do? Or even... I'll take you... You get Sting on TV. You get Sting on TV, that's and you have, like, Sting give him advice. Yeah, yeah. And have Seth be like, hey, yeah, man, it's been a while, you know, how you been, you know, after I broke your neck. Like, you have Seth make, like, little snarky comments, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, man, yeah, I haven't seen you, you know, since I broke your neck, you know. Whatever, you know. <clears throat> Sorry, I cost you your match with Undertaker, you know. That would be the comment. Oh, that's a low blow. Don't go that far. You don't want him to get killed now. Jeez. That, that, but that Dude. would be the comment. That would be it. Sorry, I caught you. You're yeah, well, Undertaker. Hey, uh, well, shout out to you, KME. I remember when you used to, uh, <laughs> KME, you, you don't know this about, about him, John. There was a period in time when KME, you uh, legit, I think you went on Sting's official Facebook page and you kept, uh, you spammed his wall <laughs> telling him to go oh, yeah, so he could fight Taker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like. 
I was just tired of him in TNA because there was nothing. He was <laughs> he was all set to just remember. Yeah. If Dixie yeah. didn't throw the TNA title at him in tw- in 2011 out of nowhere, he was going. He's kind Fucking of Dixie. pretty much admitted that. He pretty much admitted that Dixie that he was all set to go, and then Dixie was like, "I'll bring you back and have you beat Hardy." I don't, man. I don't know, John. Man, I, I've always thought Dixie was low key fucking some of these dudes. I mean, because when she was there, despite oh, yeah. her flaws, she could get everybody to stay. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think she was yeah. doing more than just paying them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that would. Well, her and her husband got divorced. Oh yeah, yeah. That guy was that guy was kind of a cuck anyway. Dix, Dixie's single right now. Maybe it's good. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did uh, WWE give a statement on the mic? Uh, Canelo staying or no? no? But the the word no, is they're not granting it. They're not granting yeah. it. They they I don't. You know what? No offense, and I I know we've had arguments over his appearances on TV, but you know what? I mm-hmm. like Mike Bennett. I've always liked Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett has been mm-hmm. early on was a was a great part of the beginnings of PWP Nation and PWP Wrestling right. Powerhouse. But you I know remember what? you guys interviewed him. You know what? This is on you, dude. Yeah, you did yeah I mean, he knew the deal when he resigned. Number one, right. you resigned, yeah. okay? And number two, you did really shitty business. You right, knew yeah. your wife was pregnant. And you went and signed these extensions and then turned around and said, oh, by the way, Maria's pregnant. You know what? Sit your ass home, brother. Sit your ass home. They can't, they, they can't release him anyway off the – off the, shut your mouth about Leo Rush. Shut your mouth about Leo Rush, too. Yeah, you, you can't release him anyway because if they release him, then what's going to happen is, like, okay, say he requests his release and then they release him. Then other people who aren't happy – would also go to creative or whoever's in charge of, you know, yeah, that kind of I, thing and be like, yo, can I go? I, I think Mike Canella, I think the storyline with Mike Canella is, is, was so detrimental to him, not just as a character, but as a man, that hmm. <laughs> I don't, even if they did release him, let's say Vince McMahon. He could go to ROH. Nice. He could go back to ROH. No, Pretty much, that's the only place I can I see him going. I, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think you could he could go to AEW right now because I don't think there's a Jericho promo in the world right, that could yeah. fix the like, damage to to him. But can't. I do think he could go right. back to ROH because there's a lot of unfinished stuff that they could just instantly plug him back into. Yeah. That it would be yeah. like, okay, now we're going with the prodigy Mike Bennett. The you know, one one wrestler is, that I always uh, one wrestler that I always liked. And I didn't understand what was going on because I was too young to really understand what was going on. And then when I got older, I looked back on it, and it was like, <laughs> no wonder. I always liked Johnny B. Bad. I liked him. I, I used to watch Saturday Night yeah. all the time. He was like no, he was like the like TV that. champion. Oh, I like Johnny B. Bad. Then when he went to WWF as Mark Merrill as a kid, I was excited. Yeah. And I remember like he was like he was like Intercontinental Champion. He was feuding with uh, Triple H back then, or as he was called. Hunter mm-hmm. Helmsley, and then of course yeah. I remember Sable got over, and like I I knew Sable was over like as a kid, but then when they started pushing Sable, like there was one particular time where I believe she power bombed him, and yeah. like yeah, he was, was he was the dead. At, he, yeah, that was yeah. the end after that. And then I remember after that, like they 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 they, they, they he just disappeared. And as a kid, I didn't get it. 
then as I got older and looked back on it, I was like, that dude's dead. Like, WCW's not going to take him back. ECW's not going to take him back. You know, Austin was the hottest thing in wrestling, and they wanted him to do a feud with uh, Mark Mara. And Austin was like, look, this guy just got power power bombed by his (laughs) 120-pound wife. It was the rare time where Austin refused to do something, and he was actually right. Right. Oh, he was rocking yeah. right every time, but that one. No, bull, was no, right. fuck it, no. And I love it. <laughs> Here we go. There is no <laughs> way he should have told, said no to Jeff Jarrett. There is no way. That was Jeff now, what year was that? What year was that? that? 99. That's 99, and Jarrett would have What? I, okay. I do agree with you on that one. I do agree with that one. But and the right Jarrett thing. Even <laughs> because you know what? There were two oh, things. There were two things he did. We're giving this away for free. But what he forgets is, nah. Because you know what? They would have used the Ric Flair shit that was still going on, and his feud. Everyone forgets he was in a mini feud with Malenko and Benoit. They were all gonna get involved. It wasn't like he was there just gonna get one F5 from Lesnar and he was gonna get pinned. Period, there was I, gonna I be a bull. There are there are there are two Austin things that I didn't agree with. And I know no one really cares at the end of the day. I specifically remember two thousand one Billy Gunn when they were trying to push Billy Gunn. You know, I think they called him the one Billy Gunn. I remember there was a spot in the rumble where he hit Austin with the famouser, his finish. And he picked up Austin, and Austin just no-sold it and just threw Billy out the ring. <laughs> and I was like, dude, like, at least sell the finisher. That, and then the other one that I didn't like, I know people look back on it fondly, was the uh, Booker T. Steve Austin uh, grocery store brawl. I've always, I mean, it's a funny segment, sure it was. But everyone forgets that segment. actually actually got over on Austin a lot of other times before that. Everyone forgets they never, that. It's because WWE and the YouTube videos never show that. They only show the mark. Right. <laughs> they right. only show the, you, that yeah, one. But if, you look at, if you look at that feud, if you look at that feud, Austin and Booker, and it's a shame. It was supposed to be one of the two big matches at the Rumble that year, and it didn't come to pass. The other was supposed to be Rock and Test, okay? Austin, Booker cost Austin the undisputed title. I remember I mean, that. You know, I remember. So obviously, obviously, Austin was going to look to get back over on Booker. And there was another couple of times, too, that Booker and the boss man left Austin laying at the end of SmackDown. Everybody forgets that, but they think, and I'm sorry, Chris, I know you're not saying this, but it's, it's what's come out of your mouth. Everyone thinks Austin just buried Booker in that segment. It didn't. There was, there's nine other pieces of history that go with it that may, led to that, which is why that always made sense. Yeah, well, that might be true. It's just like it's just like I don't blame Rock for Sting not coming in '01. Oh, I saw Rock ask Booker T, "Who who was he?" Thing, dude, you got to know the fucking product. That was Rock's character. Obviously, mm-hmm. Rock knew who he was. Rock wasn't saying it in the sense of "Who are you?" Rock was saying it in the sense that, like, you know, "Who are you?" Like, in the sense, like that was Rock being Rock. It wasn't Rock burying Booker. You know, it's the one thing I I never agree. I, I never. I just think I just think that it. what what didn't what didn't help was that a lot of the uh, well you know I don't like that time period. What didn't help was that comment was made during a time when a lot of WCW and ECW folks were just not being used right. But yeah. I don't I don't care yeah. for the invasion well, the era. Always. Uh, Jericho, uh, you you think the Rock was, that was 
some guy named Hooventude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. All right, that's about it, yeah. guys. Uh, thanks for calling in this week. And, um, yeah, we're pretty much just not much else really going on other than the uh, – well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in wrestling just – on the on main roster WWE TV is basically just you know you wait to the Saudi show let's and then what, after that happens. well no let's see what happens tonight because tonight is that real first post draft show let's see oh I forgot how they yeah start. we do have a show today you know, right like obviously you have the guys that have been that were always on SmackDown and you know didn't get moved but you do have some new faces let's see how they implement let's see who they position how you got that big Roman Shinsuke match tonight. You got the women's six-way um, for a, a number one contender for Bailey, and you've got the eight the eight-man tag. But I want to see how they incorporate some of these new people, not the guys that have been there, but show me what you know this one does now that they're on SmackDown. Show me what you know that one does now on SmackDown. Show me that. That's what I want to see tonight. Yeah. All right, thanks for calling in, guys, and uh, we'll, we'll let you guys know yeah. when we're going to have our next show. I, I, I'd probably say this, give it about maybe another week and a half, maybe two weeks, see what else is yeah, going on. Yeah, because next Friday, I've got trunk or treat with my, next Friday I've got trunk or treat with my son, so I'll be busy all day. But the following Friday we'll do um, a Crown Jewel recap and, you know, see where we are like five weeks into the ratings. Right. And I I can't believe I haven't mentioned this. Uh, also, thanks for calling, Kami. Really appreciate it. I haven't mentioned this yep. on uh, on air yet. Everybody, check out Joker. Great movie. Uh, don't let the uh, social justice warriors try to yep. sway your opinion. Really good movie. And I don't really have anything else to say because I don't want to spoil it to anybody that hasn't, you know, watched it. I always try to, like, all comic book-related movies, I always try to, like, give it about, I'd say about a month before I start talking about it. Because, you know, everyone's got their own situations. But really good movie. So uh, any last words, Kami? Oh, no, I'm good. Good good show, guys. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we will see you guys uh, next week or time for our next episode. Everybody have a good weekend. Later. Peace.